Welcome to episode 24 of the Comfort in the Workplace podcast. On this episode, I want to talk about the first 30 days of you taking over your existing team. So in this scenario, um, you were a member of a team, and for whatever reason, your boss left or moved on, and you were asked to be the, the next leader of the, of the team. So I'll share with you a, a few different scenarios that might be challenging and how, I'd, how I would approach them. And I'll talk about how you go about establishing yourself as a leader in those first 30 days, and then also how you should approach shaping the team objectives during those first 30 days. And so for the first scenario, I want to talk through, you know, you being the next leader, but it not being announced um, formally. Um, so the announcement didn't go out. You maybe um, your, your, your new boss talked to you and said, hey, I want you to be the leader of the team. I want you to step in. Um, but we're not ready to uh, to announce it yet for whatever reason. And a lot of times there's different politics going on. Um, I know in, in particular, this happened to me once. The, the person who was leading the team um, was asked to take another role, but that role wasn't official yet. And so they wanted to make sure that if that, for whatever reason, that role fell through, the person was able to come back and still lead lead the team. So I was put in an awkward position where um, I was... Um, told I was going to be the leader of the team. I had to act like I was the leader of the team. However, the team didn't know I was the leader of the team yet. And this was very, very um, awkward. And for me, um, I had to um, really try to balance out, um, you know, not uh, showing that I was the leader, but still, you know, getting feedback from um, um, the executives and and having to bring that back to the team and having to um, influence. And, and influence was the critical piece here. Um, so to me, that 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 ability to influence made made the difference, and it didn't make all the difference. I had a lot of um, people that were looking at me that, well, why are you telling me what to do, or why are you um, in this meeting, or why did you call this meeting? Um, and so I had to um, really use my uh, power of influence more so than than ever, and that was my first um, huge lesson of using influence over um, authority. And, and that lessons carry through in, in many, many roles for, for me. And so then the next scenario um, was, you know, your old boss, you were asked to take over the team. It was announced. It was formal. You took over the team. But the old boss isn't quite letting go. So they're, they're, still, they're still hanging around. Um, and, and they're still uh, even attending some meetings. Um, and, and so for for me, this this also this scenario happened to me as well. Um, yeah, having a direct conversation with the with with your old boss is 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 really really important. And and, and in my particular case, the old boss was, was like, well, you know, I just want to make sure that everything works out. And coming from it, I'd say mostly from uh, from a good place, a positive place. Uh, but at some point, um, as tough as it is, you got to be very strong because you, what you don't want to do is you don't want it to play out in public. You don't want it to play out in front of the team um, and, and, and almost implicitly ask them to take sides. And so it's important that you have as direct a conversation as possible, um, even, if it, even if it puts stress on your personal relationship with your old boss, um, you do want to avoid this playing out in public in front of the team. So having those direct conversations up front. You also don't want to go to your new boss um, and ask to step in either, because that, that kind of undermines your um, your ability to be the leader, your ability to 
um, have authority over over the situation. And, and so having a very direct conversation with your old boss is is really, really critical. And another scenario is, okay, your boss had this this really large team. Your boss moved on. And, you know, they kind of split the team up. Um, they didn't want to, um, you know, choose you over another person, but you're kind of the leader. You know, you're, you're the one who's sitting in on leadership meetings, but you don't have everybody reporting directly to you necessarily. Um, and, and, and this too, uh, this scenario has, has happened to me, a very challenging um, situ- situation um, because now you need to um, go to somebody who's probably a little bit disgruntled that, um, you know, that, that you were you're sitting on the leadership meetings. They're not, um, you know, the team doesn't report to you. So they, they still have direct uh, authority over, over the, the, the portion of the, of the team that reports to them. Um, and, and this one again is where the influence comes in. Um, and, and to me, you have to be able to take advantage that of the fact that you're in the leadership meetings, take advantage that, um, you know, you're, you're the one who has that voice, but you want to show that you're, you're on the side of, of, of that person that maybe you won out on um, a little bit and it's not formally won out on. You want to show that you're there to, um, to help because eventually um, the organization is going to choose somebody and, and chances are that you're being tested a bit to see how you can work with um, this other person and if this other person could potentially, potentially report to you. And, and so making sure that you're not coming in and acting like this authoritative, um, pounding the, the desk and, you know, I am in the leadership meeting, so therefore you must listen to me. You want to make sure that you're using influence. You want to make sure that you're seen as a partner, as somebody that's going to be there for them. Um, and so you don't want to make it into this, um, this situation where, you know, you're forcing the organization to, to choose. For me, I let it happen naturally where the person eventually was just comfortable working for me. Um, and then it all, it all worked out and, and the person worked for me and we had a great, a great relationship. And so I'd focus on the influence. I'd focus on the relationship building um, up, up front. And the fourth scenario is that you actually did win out over another person. It was a bit of a competition and everybody, you know, you're interviewed for it and you, you went for, for it and you won out, you won out over that, um, uh, over another, another team member. So now that team member is a, is a member of your, your team. And it's, it's somewhat of a similar situation to the partial leadership, um, but, it's, but it's a little bit different. And I'll talk about the little bit different part. So now this person is officially reporting to you. What, 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 you, what you don't, want to do is you don't want to um, put them in a situation where they look bad to their to their existing team. Um, and so for but at the same time, you don't want to put them in a position where it undermines your your leadership. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a balance. And so for me, I wanted to make sure that I found a role for the person that was broad um, yet wasn't, Oh, oh, it wasn't like they were they were leading the team for me, and and so looking for ways for them to go across the team in a particular role, but not have the full team report to them. Um, so looking for that that role that gives them a broad view, um, shows that they that they have that that experience. You know, gives them whether it's a project or whether it's um, whether it's a role that has uh, has has some some governance across across the the full the full area. Um, having them sit in on on certain meetings that maybe they weren't in on before, um, so that so that they could they could play they could play a big role. Um, so looking for that balance of okay, let's let's give them a little bit of of credibility that they were almost a leader, 
um, but at the same time that they're not going to undermine your your authority either. And, and so these are four challenging areas. And now I know that, you know, in a perfect world, there's a big announcement and, you know, you take on the team and it's, it's, it's this big, this big event, but it doesn't always work out that way. And so it's important that we know that, um, you know, this is still a positive. And so now you, you, you take over the team. What do you do to establish yourself as a leader? So we talked through those challenging situations and certainly the way you approach those challenging situations absolutely starts to set you up as a, as a leader. So using influence, using the, the, the relationships, having direct conversations and, and tackling a problem. Um, those, are, those are all great ways to establish your leadership. Now, what I'd say is for me, there are four things that I like to do um, when, I, when I first take, take over a team like this. Number one, focus on a problem. So you know the problems. You were, it was your team. Um, so you, you are on that team. You know the problems that people talked about. Focus on one of them. Show that you're going to take it seriously. Make a decision. Number two, make a decision. So maybe there's something that was hanging out there. Maybe something new came up. Um, make a decision. Make it your decision. Own it and, and, and move forward. So by making a decision, you're establishing your, your leadership. Now, you're in these new leadership meetings too, right? You're part of a new leadership team now. Bring back an opportunity to the team. Recognize an opportunity, bring it back to the team and talk to, talk to the team as, a, as, as a, an opportunity, an opportunity to, to show that you're going to bring opportunities back to the team. And then lastly, set clear boundaries. So even in a situation where you went out over the other, other team member and now you're going to create a new, make clear boundaries on where you're going to entertain feedback, where you're going to be looking for advice, and where you're going to be taking it on, taking it on yourself. And so setting those clear boundaries between what your role is, what your expectations of your role is, and what your team can expect of you versus what are your expectations from, from the team. So now whether you implement the two and two, whatever the new situations are that you want to you wanna look at, make sure that the boundaries are crystal clear. Don't let it be ambiguous because if you leave it ambiguous, the team is going to start to shape your leadership. You want to shape your leadership, but you want to do it in a way that shows that you respect your, your, your team members. Okay, now, how do you shape your team objectives? So chances are, um, yeah, maybe you start off in a new year and the new planning cycle and you're able to shape. But even then, the, the, the planning cycle starts, you know, midway through the year. So either, you know, the, the current year's objectives are already there. You're, you're always going to have this in-between period when you first take over the team where it's not just starting from a clean, a clean slate. So you're not going to want to go in mid-year, change everybody's goals, change all of the objectives, um, you don't you don't want to do that. When you start with the next year, um, you, you're gonna you're gonna have a really good chance to to lay out your objectives. But um, but the first year is gonna be a, a bit a bit choppy. So to me, um, I like to focus on leading beyond. And I talked about this before, but leading beyond is 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 you were already a member of the team. You know what it's like to work on the team. But now you need to lead beyond the team. So you're on different leadership meetings. You have a new peer group that you need to build relationships with. So start it, the first 30 days. Start establishing those. Get, get into um, a rhythm of being beyond your team, leading beyond your team. Not only going to your team meetings, but start doing one-on-ones with your new peers. Start developing those relationships if you haven't had, had relationships with them already. You know, start acting like a peer. So this way you're able to bring those opportunities back to the, back to the team. So focus, focus on leading beyond, beyond the team. 
Um, so now with that, you can take advantage of being in those leadership meetings. So you have that insight. Remember, your boss used to have that broad perspective, a bigger perspective than, than you had. Now you're the one who's going to have that broad perspective. Use that broad perspective. Use it to be able to, to influence the team. Use it to be able to bring advice back to the team. Use it to bring opportunities back to the team. And so now with those, so you're leading beyond, you're on these leadership meetings, you're taking advantage of that. You can play that into two comfort in the workplace tools, the core workout and the customer correct. So within the first 30 days, if, if you don't have a strong understanding of what the value add is of the team, so if your boss didn't do that, if you weren't focused on value add, if you weren't focused on where you're using your capacity, within the first 30 days, I would conduct a core workout. And so with that core workout, what you're doing is you're allowing the team to shape their value add. You're allowing the team to shape their, their objectives. However, you're doing it with you leading the conversation, you facilitating conversation. So this is your opportunity to shape the objectives of the team, to shape the focus of the team, but to do it in a way where it's collaborative and it shows that you care about their perspectives. So you're able to shape their objectives and establish yourself as a leader in one swoop. By conducting, a, by conducting a core workout. And then the customer correct tool. So as you're part of the leadership team, as you're trying to solve, solve a problem, use the customer correct tool to provide a framework of how you expect to, to execute with the team. Um, but you're also taking direct input from customers, bringing that back to your team, and allowing your team, and this is again going to show that you're not going to just come in there and, and be this authoritative leader. You're allowing your team to take that input and develop improvement opportunities. So you're showing that you're going to play a facilitator role. Your team's going to have the creativity. You're not going to tell them how to do their jobs. They're going to be able to come up with their improvement opportunities. And so between the core objectives the cust and the customer correct tool, you're going to be able to start to lay out what that work environment's going to be for your new team. And so, so you should take this as a congratulations. You should be proud that you were selected as a leader of the team. But you also be realistic and know that there's going to be an adjustment period. So during those first 30 days, you want to try to establish your leadership. You want to start to shape your, your team objectives. But you're also going to know that this is going to take some time. It's not going to be done in within 30 days. Um, but these are ways that you set the groundwork up front. You set the agenda up front. You set what the environment's going to look like up front. So this way you're not leaving it ambiguous and you're not leaving it to your, um, your team to, to develop what the, the culture is going to be. You need to be intentional with the culture. You need to be intentional with your leadership. And by following these few steps over your first 30 days, you're going to set yourself up, uh, set yourself up nicely. So please join me in creating comfort in the workplace by respecting team members and demanding excellence.